We do have Target in California, Jenna. Oh, good. <laughs> Thank you. Jenna's sipping on, what are you sipping on? Alani uh, Blue Slush Energy Drink, and it's delish. It's delish. And she asked me if we had Target in California. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we do. We do. This is I episode hope. 11, everyone, of Sobriety Snake Uncensored. Eyes. Snake Eyes, baby. Um yeah, so I'm I'm sipping on uh, coffee per use, and I was t- telling Jenna I uh, have a single serve coffee maker that I got because I was just drinking espresso, like espresso mm-hmm. beans, mm. and uh, we all know that what that does. So mm. trying to calm it down a little bit, my, my therapist is like, maybe you shouldn't drink so much coffee. How much coffee <laughs> like, are you drinking? Maybe you should go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't like t- <laughs> I like ten shots a day. Yeah. Have you ever had the chocolate covered espresso beans? Yes. Oh Oh, yeah. So good. Do they have that there? (laughs) Yes. Wait, I posted once. (laughs) I did like a fit check, which is so embarrassing that I've ever even done that. And, (laughs) and I got something at Burlington coat factory and, and I assumed that Burlington Coat Factory was regional because of Burlington, New Jersey. That's a big, you know, thing here out on the East Coast. And I was like, <laughs> you won't know about this place if you're <laughs> from the West Coast. Jesus. And I, I can't even tell you how many comments I got that people are like, I'm in Oregon and we have Burlington <laughs> Coat Factory. It's you're like, um, I got this. It might be regional. I got this on the Amazon. <laughs> What an idiot. Oh my God. It's so funny. Uh, <laughs> you might, if you know, you know. It's so fucking bougie. <laughs> BCF, if you know, you know. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, well, uh, we're right back at it. Um, yeah, I had a question for you. Um, I was thinking about recently. And by recently, I mean, in the last year, I've reconnected with three old friends from college and talked a lot about like the glory days and the shame and the dark place that was college for me. So a lot of me, when I left college and I moved to California and sort of set up shop here and most of my college friends stayed in the Northwest, um, I isolated. I just like went dark right? I was consumed with my own drinking. I was really embarrassed about who I was. And I just like cut them off or they cut me off or whatever. Just was the feeling was mutual, right? Mm. I've recently reconnected with three people. um, And we do like a, we zoom because we're old and we do that uh, every other week. And one's in Oregon, one's in Boston and one's in DC. And it's been really fun and redemptive to understand that they still love me and that we're still Mm -hmm. friends and we've moved on from like some of that shit and that even their own perspective of me when I was drinking isn't as bad as maybe I thought it was. Mm. So my question for you is, have you found yourself yet reconnecting with anyone from the past, like an old friend that maybe you didn't hang out with as much when you were in the, like the depths of your drinking? Mm. Um, Well, I maintained the same friends. I have a very small circle of friends, Daniel. Okay. Um, Because I think as we get older and you and I, I'm sorry, how old are you? 43. 43. Okay. Yeah. 
So we're both in our 40s. Right. Um, which is a very different scenario from someone that may be in their 20s. Correct. Even their 30s, or especially early 30s, when you're just starting to have maybe have a family, maybe not, right. or you know, whatever your situation is. But we have similarities in that way. But um I I've always been someone who has had a very small circle of friends. Right. And I pretty much have the same friends as I've had for decades. Oh, okay. So I'm not someone that, um, like I did stay in touch with my, my high school group. I didn't, in fact, one of my best friends from high school went to the same college as I did. So we stayed friends from when I'm 13 years old was when I met her and we stayed friends up until now. So that's 36 years we've been friends. Wow. Yeah. And which is awesome. And then we adopted a friend um, that we found in college and it was like the three of us. And it's always been that way. And then a couple other ladies I met um, as an adult, but a young adult. So I always had just very few. It's kind of okay. different yeah. for me. So no, I, I can't say that I've that I've reconnected with anyone. I will say that my my friendships have changed. Um. But I have the absolute honor and benefit of being friends with people who want to um, support me and have actually talked about taking a look at their own habits, not as alcoholics, but just been now they've been able to say, I mean, these are women I've partied with every decade of my life. Okay. Right. Like since a teenage like my one of the friend I've been with friends with since 13, her first drunk experience of her entire life was with me. Okay. Like, you know, just high school partying. Um, I'm a year older than her, which in high school is a big fucking deal. Yeah. It <laughs> you is. know, in your 40s, it doesn't matter. But, you know, I I was a senior, she was a junior, and I had some friends that were even a little bit older. Ooh. So, yeah. Scandalous. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> So we went through so many um, party experiences together. Now, our dynamic has changed. I'll talk about her specifically. Our dynamic has changed um, because she is very sensitive. She's one of the more sensitive people that I'm friends with. Okay. The others are like, okay, cool. I'm so happy for you. And and they're willing to kind of just like hash it out, talk it out and talk about their own stuff. She's a little bit more like, the one that's like, are you going to be okay? Like she's a very kind of maternal and, um, you know, concerned and very sensitive, almost overly sensitive about what she exposes me to. So for example, she sent a TikTok to me and our other friend, and it was these three friends fall down, drunk, being goofy, falling down. It was hilarious. Okay. And it brought back some beautiful memories right. of some of our debacles we used to get into. Cause that was us in college. You know, we'd walk around town cause we, we went to college in a, uh, a small town where you could walk at, you know, everywhere yeah. off campus, you could just get right into town. And, um, so many wonderful, beautiful, funny memories of us experiencing that as what we would describe as typical college students, right? Before right. my habits turned into what how they ended right. in my forties. Um, but she's hypersensitive 
to the point where she's apologetic about, so she sent this video and then she texted me separately and was like, was that too much? Is that okay? Does that hurt your feelings? You know? And so my reaction, my gut reaction is to be like annoyed. My gut reaction is to be like, come on, like, really, do you really think that's going to bother me? Like, but then I really have to reel it in and remind myself that she has no clue what it is like to go through what I've been through. And all she's doing is trying to be extra sensitive. Correct. And, but what bothers me about it is that at, at her expense, um, like my circumstances, is changing my circumstances are changing her reaction to things something that would be light and funny to her before is now like a source of stress like she is nervous about having sent me something like that right almost probably even kind of forgot that that was something that you know but she knows me better than being someone that would be like how could you send me that (laughs) Oh my God. I can't think about it. You know, because that's not how I am. I I savor those memories. I absolutely love them. Um, so it's so, it can be a little tricky. She's the, really the only one that gets extra sensitive, overly sensitive to the point where she's creating more drama about it than is necessary right because i'm just i'm just whatever about it i'm the same person i was you know i I just well i'm not the same person i was but it's still me it's still jenna it's still i appreciate those memories and and that kind of like hysterically funny scenario but do you Um, appreciate that she's at least um sensitive to it rather than ignorant to it because i've had some people who have no clue and they seem to have no bedside manner Right. Yeah. You know, and that is so funny because they're two extreme examples. Like she's overly sensitive where I feel like it can't be left unsaid. Like it always has to be acknowledged. And then you're talking about people that are like, I don't fucking care. You know, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Right. Not even acknowledge it at all. Um, I mean, I think both situations, they are what they are. You know, I hate that phrase. It is what it is. But there's (laughs) nothing I'm going to do to change how she feels about that. I just have to kind of have my feelings about it on the side to her. I say, Oh my God, no, of course not. It's amazing. I love it. I savor those memories. It's a beautiful thing. Please keep it coming. Like I, I love thinking about those times together, but there's no doubt. There's no doubt that that relationship has changed as a result of me getting sober. I mean, all your relationships change when they do sober and not all, not all of them are um not all of them maintain you know not all of them maintain not all right. of them stay the same um i mean as far as like how you look at each other or how yeah. you treat each other or how you're treated as the recovering um, alcoholic so i or even just really- like the the numbing like um just i was so social when i was drinking mm. i was always up for anything anywhere anytime really <clears throat> always laughing like really I call it, I call it my resting sober face. It like, it took me a while to figure out who I was without alcohol and how Mm -hmm. is that congruent with all of the moving pieces in my life. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess my lesson learned was that I assumed 
that there could be no redemption or that like, because I had made mistakes in college or Ben, and when I say made mistakes, I mean, just being like, just drinking too much. Like I didn't, I didn't like do anything to anyone. There's no, there's no drama there. It's just like that when I, I felt like I needed to close the chapter to that book and like cut everyone off. And that was just like the shame of it. Mm -hmm. Right. There has been this really redemptive quality of like letting a few people back into my life and not even like letting them back in, but having them reach out and be like, Hey, do you want to be part of this thing? And I was like, Mm -hmm. really? Like it felt nice and like, okay, I I am worthy of like having friends. Mm. And even if they're old friends, even if they knew me at a time that was like shit, I also had a lot of really good times with them. right? Right. And I'm the one that's like, just beating myself up. Like I said, I've done the dishes, it's clean. So I've let that go. And then it seems like once I was able to let that shame go, mm-hmm. I've been reconnecting with people from before, which has been really, it's almost like lovely. a form of amends. You know what I mean? Correct. Yeah. It's and people like- have been watching my journey. You know, I think I've, I have some shadow followers. I have people from high school and, you know, I don't ever talk about high school on here, but I have in my books, like I was came from a really small town where I was like severely bullied. I don't have any, Mm. I have a few friends that I might see, you know, if I go home, but like when I left, I've, I have not been back to my high school since I graduated. Like Mm. there's no, yeah. Yeah. Like see a never. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No reunion. Over time, over time. um, It's been really interesting. Like some of the people who are the worst to me, are now like following me mm. in my journey. And some of them I can always, I, I don't know if we talked about this before, but some of them I can tell are in recovery, right? Cause they're like sending me messages, mm. like apologizing and stuff. Interesting. And some people, they just have no idea. They're like, Oh God, you're doing so well. This is great. And I'm like, are you the same person? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Wait, what? Remember? Remember when you wanted me to unalive myself, like every day of high school, you know? Um, So that's where I think the overcompensation of using alcohol for me Mm. came in big time in college was that I was overwhelmed with having people be nice to me. I didn't understand Mm. what friendships meant. I didn't understand what it was like to have people like want to hang out with you and want to like talk. Like I didn't know how to interact. Um, so I relied heavily on alcohol because that's made me more fun, less stressed out. And I was like, I was never popular in high school. So I'm just going to go way over here and just be like, hang out with these really popular people and just be like at the top of the food chain. Right. And, uh, alcohol was like that main ingredient that I leaned on. Mm -hmm. So that was the first years of college. And then I kind of changed friends, friend groups. Mm-hmm. halfway through college because I had significant mental health scare and um, my popular friends were done with me mm-hmm. and I don't have any contact with those people at all. We're all in the same fraternity and larger friend group, but like half of them have just like cut me off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sort of reforming friendships with the other half. So it's been interesting. That's awesome. I, it's such a process. I mean, it's so easy when you're in your twenties to think these are my friends, like, and, and that may be the case. It was for me because I have the same friends I've had pretty much my whole life. Right. I've had, and we talked about on the last 
um, episode, I was talking about friends that I made for a season through going to AA meetings Mm -hmm. and how they came and went. And we were all there for the same reason. And we're all okay with that. And um, I think there's a poem that talks about friends for a season, friends for a reason and friends for a lifetime, not to get too heavy on you. No, that's great. There's a, yeah. And those are like the three categories in this poem. So I had definitely have my friends for a lifetime and then reason and season, you know, those both applied to my AA friends. Right. Um, they were there for a reason and temporarily. And I, I was someone that cycled through. I wouldn't even categorize them as friends, really. I think they were just people that wanted to have as much as fun as I did or that happened to have the same circumstances as I did you know, or I happened to be in the same circle as I was, but they weren't necessarily some, someone that I created any kind of deep connection with, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But if you had asked me in certain times of my life, I'd be like, yeah, man, these are my ride or dies. Yeah. Forever. People are going to be at my funeral. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't even remember half their fucking names at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy how in the moment you feel it's such a critical scenario about friends and and that level of acceptance and everything, Um, especially in the teens and 20s, you know, high school and college. Right. Although I feel like college did help me. Um, High school was such a limited environment, you know. In college, you can kind of spread, start spreading your wings a little bit more. Yeah, college was, I think if I, you know, took the the healthy skills I have now, which is so easy to say into college, it would be so much different. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was such a mess. And instead of dealing with my mental health, I was just trying to drink it away. Mm. And instead of like, well, I didn't even understand the concept of trauma or what that was right Mm -hmm. until later, until I was teaching here in California and then I had all of my friends for a season when I was teaching and I was at the same high school for 12 and a half years as a teacher and a principal. Um, and this is getting heavy folks, because then when mm-hmm. uh, my best friend died by suicide at work mm-hmm. um, and I ended up taking a mental health leave from that job and I never went back. That's how I left education. And that was in 2016 and I was a year and a half sober. Um, and I felt so betrayed and so hurt that, that he passed the way he did. And I didn't have any idea that coupled with leaving the school, I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done with all I'm done with friends. Like I went through like two years where I was like, I don't want any friends at all. And I, that's when I wrote my first book and I was writing for the Huffington post. And I was just like, I don't want any friends. Mm -hmm. So slowly I've been like, did that go ahead. I was just, if you don't mind me asking, did that friend have any addiction? I would say so. Yeah, I would say so. Um, in, in reflection. Um, but to say that I was blindsided would be an understatement of the century. And um, when I took my mental health leave from school, I felt like I lost, you know, there was no one checking on me, really. And not that they needed to, but like, you know, it just, I, I thought we were, I kind of get into situations where like, God, I thought we were better friends than we were, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then once Brian passed, I uh, took a break from friendship. And so it's weird to be like 43 now, almost eight years sober and 
kind of just now finding people that I think will be friends for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, but that's also a message of hope. If you're younger listening to this feeling like you, you won't find your people. I've met some of my best friends who I think will be because I've met them sober. And there's so many factors that will strength has made the friendships stronger and more authentic. Mm-hmm. I've met them in the last three or four years. Mm. And I feel like I've known them forever. Yeah, Weird. staying open to to thoughts like that is so important. I feel like I mean, I feel them like the more mentally closed off you are when it comes to your circumstances. Like if you're in your 20s and you're like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to drink anymore. I'm going to lose all these friends that I party with, and then that's going to be it. Like I, right. um, no, the new ones they appear, and it take, but it takes time. You know, it takes time and self discovery and your willingness to be open. Like you said, you took a friend break and rightfully so, you know, that was what you needed for your mental health for that time. Yeah. But, um, but I think if I had been drinking when that tragedy happened, I think about the grief of alcohol, grieving alcohol Mm. in a really fucked up way prepared me for that loss Mm. because I had already lost my best friend, which was vodka. Like, right. And I had gone through that. And then I lost my best friend in real life, like my human best friend. And that Mm -hmm. happened in the 18 month. And the fact that I didn't relapse, I didn't drink. Mm -hmm. I could make it through that. Right. Not perfectly. No, not always gracefully, but I did. Um, And then I just, it was about this time, you know, I, I I continued working for like another six months after the accident. And, um, my therapist is like, it's you or the job. It's you or your sobriety. Like, what are you going to do? So I bailed. And uh, that was the best decision I ever made. But it was like jumping off of, uh, you know, cliff with a parachute that might open. Like I'm like, you know, just bought a house. I'm just quit my my job, (laughs) you know? Um, But here we are. I'm still, I'm still shaking. So when there are big life events that happen, I mean, it's, it's no bullshit that when you're floating along your everyday life and you're using your tools and you're, you know, you're here for your sobriety. Um, but then something big happens, right? Uh, yeah. Inevitably, because we're all humans and this is what happens to us. So I want to ask you, um, when you lost your friend and you're saying you got through not always perfectly, but you got through. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? What were what were some of the things? Like, did you get close? Were there times when you wanted to say just fuck it? Or I was more um, I was more concerned about my own wellness from a mental health perspective and a self harm mm-hmm. perspective than drinking. Um, and. I just felt very claustrophobic in my life um, in all ways. I felt I didn't know how to handle the pain. So the mistake I made was like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'll just keep working. I don't really need to go to therapy. Like everyone get away from me. I'm fine. Right. I got this, got this, got this, got this. And then slowly it was eating me on the inside where I knew that I couldn't regulate. I couldn't regulate. I needed to make a big move. Kind of like when I quit it, decided to quit drinking. Like I had got to a place that was so low in my life mentally, despite all right. of the resume line items that I had to make a big move. This was another time where I was like, 
I got to make a big move. And I honestly think it's because I quit drinking, gave me the confidence to feel like I'm not going to fail. It was horrifying, horrifying. Um, And I still haven't talked to some of those people since 2016. Um, (laughs) Until recently, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's interesting how that, how that works. But Mm -hmm. my, uh, so I have a lot of weird trauma with friendships and Mm -hmm. as it relates to drinking and not drinking. So that's why I do keep a really small circle and I like it that way. Yeah. But I find big connection and bigger platforms like giving speeches and having a podcast and talking on TikTok. I like that. Um, but it does, it's counterintuitive almost. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. So, so I, um, I experienced some loss as well, but I wasn't quite, uh, I was drinking, but not so my dad died in 2013 and, um, my habits, I was, I was just bare, uh, just about to turn 40 when he died. And I think back and I've talked to, you know, I've been in therapy and I, and I talked to my therapist about the possibility of that being, it wasn't like a blatant reason for me to like really tie one on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And my family and I handled it in a very healthy way. Um, I mean, he was sick for a little while. It wasn't a sudden thing, but I had a memory. This is one of my shame Mm -hmm. stories. Um, This was way before COVID, obviously. And um, he was sick enough that we would stay overnight. We would take shifts. Me and my sibling and my mom would take shifts staying overnight with him in the hospital. Um, Because he was very prideful and he didn't if what he'd rather one of us help him if he needed help with something right. versus the staff. And that wasn't something we were going to change about this man's personality. We weren't going to talk him into right. letting somebody else help him. So, uh, and we were there for it. And thankfully, you know, we were all available to be able to take those shifts. And I smuggled a bottle in, in my overnight bag, you know, they're not checking. There's no, right. it's not like an airport. And, um, I say smuggled, like, like I had (laughs) an eight ball or some shit, Yeah, but (laughs) you know, I, yeah, I did, I, I voluntarily purchased and hid a bottle of booze in my overnight bag with my, you know, close to dying father, um, you know, in a bed in the room, I, you know, I, we laid on the cot or whatever we had available, uh, in the hospital and I, I proceeded to drink, like I, I drank, I drank through the night and it just boggles my mind to think that that was okay with me. And that was pre like hardcore alcoholists, like alcoholic tendencies. Right. Right. I mean, this was definitely one of those red flags flailing in the air, like Jenna. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Maybe wrap it up. Yeah. I mean, that could have gone really wrong. You know what I mean? What if there was an emergency? I mean, at least he was in the hospital, but like I I replay all of the what ifs. I hate that fucking what if game. I really do. Uh, And it could have sometimes I think why didn't why wasn't there something that went really wrong for me in that moment? Like, mm-hmm. why was I able to get away with that? Like, 
Why was I worthy of getting away with that? You yeah. know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's just such a mind fuck. And, and but I think I that was, there's wisdom in the wound, Jenna, because you've been able to create a platform where you're helping so many people. Mm. Oh, that's nice of you to say. Thank you. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> if you could see how intently Daniel is staring at me through the <laughs> Zoom right now. <laughs> no, I love it. It's very reassuring. I mean, you know, I it's so such a funny, um, it's this weird mental battle. It's like I'm gr- almost grateful for that memory. Mm-hmm. Although no matter how hard, no matter how much it hurts me to think of what what that moment meant and how it really should have been different. I mean, there were many nights that I stayed with him and I didn't bring a bottle every time. Right. But, um, and you know, I dismiss it as you were dealing, that was your way of dealing. That was coping, your way yeah. of coping. Yeah. And don't be so hard on yourself. Um, but I'm grateful that I have that memory because it reminds me that, and that was pre, like I said, that was pre, um, I, I guess that would, I would say that was like, I don't know. The I beginning. Guess, yeah. The I beginning of the end. Been, yeah. <laughs> the, the beginning, the beginning of, the of the end. end. Yeah. 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 The, the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, when you start, when you, I think a uh, red flag, you know, the, the smuggling in the, in the hiding is. Um, yeah. That's huge. That's when the, it really shifts. Right. That's it yeah. for me. Um, I'm drinking a sparkling water, but like this would always be filled up halfway with vodka and halfway mm-hmm. with sparkling water. So I could just be going about my weekend or my afternoon. Um, right. And that's not normal. <laughs> I look back on that like, right. Mm, yeah. You know, that's not normal, but I do think it's important to have that's an example of prioritizing alcohol over other people that you love dearly. And that's really hard to think about and talk about and face. Um, but there's opportunity there in, in the recovery to be able to not make those choices again and have a corrective experience and make a new memory. And also why does our brain want to focus on the like 21 nights that you didn't, right? I'm just making up yeah. a number, but like, yeah, you yeah. know, and you're just going to think about that one. It's good to acknowledge yeah. that one. I say like, hold yourself accountable, but don't hold yourself hostage. Mm. Um, because yeah, that most that emotional great. hostility churns, for me, it churns uh, emotions that make me want to drink or make me want to self-harm or make me depressed, right? So mm. there's that fine line between holding yourself accountable. I got to learn from that, process that, say it out loud tell someone, right. Those things for me are important. And then I have to let it go. Mm. All yeah. right. I just ruminate on it forever. That's really good advice. Cause even with these college friends that wanted me to be in this group, my in, um, initial instinct was to say no, mm. not because I didn't want, but because I didn't think I was worthy mm. and I didn't think they didn't they must not really like me or um, I was afraid to have someone bring up the past or, you know, whatever, but I'm so glad I said yes. Yeah. What if you had said yes? And then how would you have handled it? If you said yes. And you're like, Oh God damn it. Like, I don't want to be here. Uh, You know, I don't like how I'm feeling, you know, that I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good at having, um, 
what I would call a courageous conversation and just calling it, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, you know, Mm -hmm. I would have done it gracefully. Um, But again, I feel like when I've taken healthy risks like that, more times than not, it's ended up working in my favor. Mm. And we talked about even on previous episodes, like future tripping, like overthinking, going somewhere, overthinking, thinking of all the landmines. And that's important, Mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily, you can also think about best case scenario. True. And how funny is this? They're texting. We have a group chat and I'm getting a text from them. The universe is, yeah, the universe is (laughs) on fire, isn't it? Um, But yeah, grief, I've discovered grief. um, My most significant grief has all come in sobriety. And um, well, that's not true. My grandparents, I was very close with both of my grandmas. Uh, They both lived well into their late 90s. as did both of my grandparents uh, or grandpas, uh, but they both died, uh, passed away, you know, when I was drinking. And I just remember like soul sobbing at night and crying. Cause I was like, so drunk. Yeah. Not that I wasn't sad that they died, but uh, right. bless you. You know, I, right. I was, but it was like, it was so fucking commingled. Mm-hmm. Whereas then I had some very significant losses after and it was so sad and so dark and so deep, but I was, I moved through it so much differently with more right. grace and more fortitude. And because I could keep the main thing, the main thing, which was the grief. Mm-hmm. It wasn't all the other bullshit mm-hmm. of alcohol. Right. Isn't so. that interesting? And you use the word grace. And I think that's so appropriate. Um, think about when, and now I don't know if this ever happened to you, but it did to me many times. I mean, it's not as heavy anywhere near as heavy, but the tears that come along with alcohol in any situation. Oh my God. Yes. I mean, you know, you have a fight with the hubs, you know what I mean? Or, um, or you have a friend who, you know, you, you're blubbering idiots, at, you know, together and yes. you just, the tears start to flow and, and it is nowhere near what, how you would be behaving as your authentic Ooh, self. Correct. Nowhere near. People say, oh, booze makes the truth come out. That is bullshit. Booze does not make the truth come out. Booze turns me into somebody. I turn my... I'm sorry. Let's reverse that. Booze doesn't do anything to me. Okay. I choose. I have chosen. I used to choose to use booze uh, to abuse it in a way to create a persona that is not me. Correct. That just isn't me. And and like, it's not, it's not a magnification of your true feelings. You know, you don't, your true feelings, sometimes your filter is thin as fuck. I mean, my filter, my filter's thin sober, you know, I, <laughs> did you have a filter when you were sober? <laughs> or when you were drinking when I'm drunk? Yeah. Uh, barely, but, um, yeah, I think it's a, then, it's definitely a, an enhancer of all. I mean, I remember watching, this is a so fucking random. This episode is really <laughs> random, by I, the way. It really is. I like I was, it. I do too. I was watching <laughs> Big Fish. Have you ever seen that movie, Big Fish? I know what you're talking about, but it's I've never like actually seen really artsy seen it. movie. I, all I remember is I don't really, I don't remember the movie. Okay. But I remember sitting on my couch like, ah, <laughs> like just like so sad, just like hysterically crying. Like, and then I like 
later watched the movie in sobriety. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Who are you? That is so, it's so true. It's so true. You're like, so everybody was like, okay, yeah, this is a touching movie. Yeah. Takes a lot, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god! <laughs> Just like by myself on my couch oh my with my god. vodka. Yeah, vodka and I watched well, a lot of shit together. You watch a lot of. Have yeah. you had to rewatch? <laughs> oh, all yeah, I yeah. had to rewatch a Same. lot of stuff I allegedly yeah. loved. I know, or or hated. Yeah, it was so Sobbed. bad. Yeah. But, you know, back to grief. Sorry, I know we are bouncing around. But that says a lot about the tears that I shed over and over and over again in grief with alcohol in my system. Like, I mean, it it is what, there's that fucking phrase. It is what it is. (laughs) That's just, I, and that sometimes that phrase is apropos. So, you know, there's nothing, I'm not going to go back and redo all that, but I can't sit here and regret all of those tears just because I had, you know, I was feeling what I was feeling in the moment. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? I, like, I, it wasn't, I agree, it, but I feel like alcohol are, made my tears times two. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Yes. I think it just made it like, okay, mm-hmm. you're crying and you're already right. crying, but the vodka has like released the crack in and mm-hmm. you're unhinged a little bit because alcohol is a depressant and shocker when you use it every day, you feel yeah. a little bit depressed, right? So it was already layering yeah. on top of that. So I feel like it was tears times two for drunk Daniel, which my wife calls the sad clown. <laughs> Because I would go from like <laughs> this to like, oh, oh, oh my God. And, and she'll well, be like, do... pictures so and she'll be like, oh, sad clown. Yeah. <laughs> like burn that. Yeah. <laughs> Someone actually, a couple people recently have asked me for drunk photos of myself yeah. to post. Why? I don't Why know. Do do I, think, I think that they want, uh, people ask me for that also. The only difference with me is I probably weigh a little bit more, mm. but I don't. It's not like I, you know, was on, well, I think alcohol is a drug, but like I wasn't, the yeah. before and after is not going to be as, as dramatic the, right. as you think. Yeah. It's not like right. move that bus. And then all of a sudden I have fucking veneers right. and shit. Yeah. Like, I like, I'm kind of like, look like the same person that I, this isn't uh, the, the swan. Have, you, you, know? ever, have <laughs> you ever seen those, those mugshot pictures of like yes. meth addicts? Yes. And then they show them now. And yeah. like, that's a pretty amazing transformation. It's not like that for no. I have a friend folks like who, us. <laughs> I have a friend, um, Maggie, who, and she wouldn't mind me sharing the story, you know, was on some, some real shit, some hard shit. And she has a mug shot that she made into a t-shirt. That's her mug oh shot. Oh, and it's so fucking funny. hardcore. Wow. She's, you know, beautiful. And, mm-hmm. and she's like all bloodied and she has like a shaved head and she wants to fucking like Got a bitch, you know? Oh um, and I'm like, okay, well, yeah, that's a before and after picture. Yes. Yeah. You, I think you'd be pretty disappointed if you saw a picture yeah. of drunk Jenna. It, it's me with shorter hair. Yeah. I mean, like it's me with like highlights and puka shells. <laughs> like Jesus. <laughs> more Abercrombie. Oh like, God, really... Daniel. <laughs> Abercrombie model. <laughs> yeah. Frosted tips. <laughs> <laughs> Frosted. That's such an eighties term. Yeah. Frosted. So. (laughs) Oh my god. 
<laughs> I do want to say this. I'm going to bring you down. I'm going to bring okay. you back down. All right. <laughs> um, I do have some fear associated with the challenge of a big life change, which is inevitably going to happen at some point in my life. I right. don't know, you know, I'm not trying. I, I'm not looking. <laughs> I'm not like bring looking it on. I'm yeah. not testing the universe. I'm just saying. I had someone once ask me, how do you think you'll react if something big happened in your life? And my response was that, again, that's the what if game. Mm -hmm. And I think we put so much unneeded pressure on ourselves with the the fear of of a relapse associated with something like that, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I... It's hard for me to say, and again, referring to future tripping, I have no idea, but I will still be sober. I will still be the sober version of myself, regardless of how that looks, regardless of how I decide to cope with that, whether I take the wrong road in my mind, what I think to be the wrong road, whether I take that road or not, it doesn't eliminate everything I have worked towards as a sober person. Well, and I think that you're so like, I always say sober is a superpower and that drives people fucking crazy because uh, it sounds really dumb Cheesy. and yeah, like I, I, that will not be a t-shirt, but I honestly have faced the biggest life changes, career changes and had the most significant loss in sobriety. Mm. And I believe, and I know even in this big transition I'm in right now with my professional stuff, it's not as hard as quitting drinking. Mm. And I always go back to that. It's you not mean as, dealing with what yes, you're dealing whatever with, it is, loss or whatever, changes. whatever it is. It's not as hard as quitting. As, wow. Because that's something that I've had to maintain every day because mm-hmm. you don't just quit drinking one day and be like, okay, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, I, I think recovery is a process, not a destination. Mm-hmm. Um, and the moment I think, okay, I'm recovered. I'm good. Is the moment that I'm going to take a drink. Right. So right. I believe that those big life changes reinforce, they shine a light on your sobriety. They actually expose the strength Mm. that you've developed like a muscle and you fucking flex that shit. I love Uh, that. that. Not that it doesn't hurt. Not that it's not sad. Not that it's not all of those things. It's going to hurt either way. It's going to hurt either way. But that is when you don't understand. I think that's when it becomes clear for me when, with that, I'm like, fuck, I'm strong. I'm stronger than I used to be. Like Mm. I got, I got this, um, not in arrogant way, but not tears times two. Right. 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 Different. Yeah. That's so cool. I love everything you just said. Thank you. Uh, Daniel. I still learn from you. My TikTok (laughs) friend. TikTok. OG. (laughs) I'm definitely going to frame those messages someday for you. Yeah, please. When we get a million downloads, I'm going to post those that uh, DM exchange. Yeah, I would love that. And speaking of, we would love someone if someone wants to um, sponsor sponsor us here on Sobriety Uncensored. um, We are up for ideas, right? Yeah, open to suggestion. Yeah, open to suggestion. Um, Hit us up. And how would said person do that? (laughs) Uh, You (laughs) you can email. Hello at pattersonperspective.com. There you go. Yeah, that's the easiest way to uh to slide in. So, slide on in. Slide on in. All right. Well, we will catch you for uh episode 12. 
Hang in there. Dirty dozen. Dirty yeah. dozen. Keep going. All right. <laughs>